Well, good morning, New Hope Church. It's so great to see you. Can we just give it up for our friends with our disabilities ministry? And uh, we've had a great, great morning so far. We're not done yet. Uh, if you're online, welcome as well. I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Nicole, and she's going to open our next section here in prayer. So let's pray together, Nicole. This day, this Yes, pray. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you that we are today at church. Thank you for all the people here. Help us love each other. Help us to love you with all of our hearts. Amen. Amen. All right, it is so great to see everybody. Can we just thank Nicole again for leading us in prayer right now? Nicole, been with us all morning leading us. This is so great. All right, so uh, my name is Matthew. I'm one of the pastors here for those that I've not had the opportunity to connect with. And by the way, can I just say, a little bit ago, I ran into a handful of folks that this is one of their very first Sundays here at New Hope. So if you're a guest here, welcome. We're so glad you're with us at New Hope Church. It's great to, great to see you. Uh, we've had a great morning. Uh, we've had uh, our disabilities friends have been ministering to us throughout the morning. Our last worship hour, they just like here this, uh, just now, they were up here leading. Uh, here later, you'll uh, hear from more of our friends. And uh, I just want to say what a meaningful thing it is to be a part of what God is doing within our friendship class and our what we call our Christian Glory Club, which is a wonderful outreach that we have into uh, the Twin Cities that brings in uh, friends and family who uh, identify as those having some kind of tangible disability, brings in their personal care attendants, uh, and it's a really remarkable thing. And if you want a great time, go down to the family center, which is downstairs, on a Tuesday night, most any Tuesday night during the year, and let me tell you what, you're gonna have a blast because this is a special crowd. As you heard in the video, uh, David shared a little bit that, that we've got uh, about 140 folks that gather there on a Tuesday night. Uh, I was there just a few weeks back, had a chance to speak and just hang out with the group, and it happened to be a French-themed birthday party night. And so, so this is where uh, those who were in attendance, uh, we just celebrated in one night everybody's birthday. Whatever, whenever your birthday was, tonight was the night to celebrate it. Uh, and because it was France-themed or French-themed, you know, we all wore berets and the little mustaches and, and uh, had little French food, whatever, which is little, little French food. <laughs> French food's little, uh, just so you know. Uh, and and uh, it was fun, and and just the worship every Sunday, or I'm sorry, every Tuesday when they come together, the worship, the praise, uh, the time in the Word, the fellowship is uh, really special. So if you're looking for, you know, I think I'd like to go check that out. You're welcome anytime. I know they would love to have others come along and just cheer it on. It's a special evening. By the way, if you have friends or family that. Uh, have a disability, uh, physical or cognitive or so forth, 
tell them, spread the word. This is a great Christ-honoring, gospel-centered experience, and uh, it's worth everybody's time and energy. All right, again, if you're uh, joining us online, welcome. Now, I know, uh, let me just say, we've got friends that join us from all around the world. You may not know that, those of you who are here on campus. Uh, like, for example, foreign lands like North Dakota. We've got friends from North Dakota. Welcome. I know some of you are, are watching right now, but also North Africa. Go figure. Or Northern Europe and uh, places in uh, Asia. And it is a real blessing to be able to connect with you uh, wherever you are. And, and then some of you are right here in like North Minneapolis or North Hennepin County. Welcome. We're so glad you're here. But those of you on campus, it's good to be with you. I'm thankful to connect. So uh, here's what we're doing today. Today, I want to share with you three promises that we find from God about his love for you. Three promises about God's love for you. And God does love you very much. And we're going to talk about that. But uh, continuing uh, in the celebration and recognition of our friends with disabilities, let me let me uh, remind us, you may not know this, but 41.1 million Americans have some tangible disability. 41.1 million. That's 12.6% of the American population. That's a large number, isn't it? 12.6% of the population have a disability of some kind. And, uh, you know, it would be easy to think, well, that's a great mission field, and in many ways it is. There's no question about it. But uh, let me tell you something. You know what? We're their mission field, because I will tell you, the people within our disabilities community worldwide, and certainly here in the States, and most definitely here at New Hope Church, they are robust lovers of Jesus, and I need to let you know how much I learned from them. And you can too, Right. Can we just give it up for them? They're just, they're so great. Now, at New Hope Church, we are a Christ-centered community for all peoples. We talk about this all the time. We really have a posture of wanting to live this out. When we talk about the all in all peoples, it's not necessarily just about ethnicity or culture. It can also uh, celebrate those who have disabilities, and I'm so grateful that here at New Hope Church, as I referenced a little bit ago, that we have uh, on Sunday mornings, we have friendship class, which for all intents and purposes is uh, a worship venue that we have here on Sundays, along with our Latino worship venue and what we have in this room. Uh, it's an opportunity where friends with disabilities come and they worship and they take communion and they learn the scriptures and they play together and really just fellowship with one another. And then on Tuesday nights, as I referenced, Christian Glory Club. You need to check it out. I'm so grateful that these are part of our church family. But you know what? When we think of that number, 12.6%, whether we think it's really high or maybe relative to the vast population of our country, it's actually kind of small. Whatever your perspective is, here's what I want you to know. And everybody needs to hear this. Everyone needs to hear this. All of us. All 100% of us are broken people. Every one of us. Every one of us. And now, not all of us have maybe a physical or a cognitive handicap or disability, but all of us, 100% of us, have a spiritual handicap or a soul that is disabled because of sin. All of us. 
All of us. The Apostle Paul, he tells us in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, he says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us. And then we read in the Psalms from King David, the great poet of, of Israel. He, he puts forward these words in Psalm 14. He says, the Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together they have all become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not even one. That is a damning statement. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Thankfully, though, David doesn't stop there. He goes on in Psalm 14, and he adds this in verse 7. He says, oh, I mean, you can just, I want you to pick up on his cry, his longing. Oh, that salvation would come out of Zion when the Lord restores. Oh, isn't that great? I love the, the longing for salvation. And you know what? That salvation has come. That salvation has come through the person and work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ the King. Amen? Our salvation is here through Jesus Christ. And because of that, because of that, there are promises that we can claim. You see, this Jesus, this Jesus, his death on a cross, his resurrection uh, from the dead, his ascension into the heavens where he sits now next to his Father in glory, interceding for the saints, all right? Uh, his, his glorious return that's going to come any day, we anticipate that. Oh, what a great thing. Because of these, sin and death and the devil and our disabilities and handicaps, whether uh, physical or cognitive, and most importantly, spiritual, None of these things have the final word in our lives. None of them do. And the Lord cushions this reality with some promises. And my friend Amber, my friend Amber is going to come right now, and she's going to read in Braille from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. And uh, we're going to hear these promises. So let's, uh, let's listen carefully to Amber. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. He set his seal of owner, ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Amber. What a gift Amber is to our church family. And what she's just done is she has shared these three promises that cushion, that undergird God's work in our lives. And what we want to do is process together those three promises. And so let's look at them together. We're going to take one at a time, and let's look at the first one, promise number one, and you'll see it right here on the screen. We are anointed by God. We are anointed by God. 
Now, when we read that word anoint or we hear it, the word anointed, right away we're reminded that the very name Christ or Messiah literally means the anointed one or the one who is anointed. And uh, it is true that Jesus Christ is the prophet, priest, and king chosen and anointed by God to redeem sinners and to make all things new. What an incredible thing this is. And hear me now, church, those of us who are in Christ, we are also anointed. We are anointed as well. Did you know that if you are a follower of Jesus, you yourself are anointed by God? You're anointed by God. Now the question might be, well, what does that even look like? Well, by way of some brief background, the whole concept of anointing that we see here comes from days that are ancient, where a priest would take a jar and he'd break the neck of the jar and upend it and pour out this rich, beautiful oil on the head of someone who is to be anointed set apart for something special. Oftentimes it was a symbol of refreshment and of renewal. As a matter of fact, we see a wonderful reference to it in Psalm 133. Listen to these words from King David. He writes this. He says, Blessed, behold, how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Mount Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there, in that anointing, the Lord has commanded blessing. Commanded blessing for that one who is anointed. And see, so what God has done in his mercy is he's also anointed you. And from what we uh, hear, uh, from what Amber has read, understand in the context of what she read, that anointing, hear me now, that anointing is the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, Jesus tells us this. Jesus tells us this in the Gospel of John, John chapter 16. We read these words from our dear Savior. John chapter 16, and and here's what we read. Jesus Jesus says this. He says, uh, let's see here, verse 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And here in John 16, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit who's going to come and dwell within us, live within all of us, who have been born again, all of us who have cried out to Jesus for salvation, cried out in faith. Uh, The Apostle John uh, echoes this sentiment later in one of his letters in 1 John chapter 2. uh, We read these words where he writes in verse 27 this. He says, the anointing that you received 
from God abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as is, or rather, but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just that it has taught you, abide in him, remain in him. And what John is doing is he's following up on Jesus' declaration. I'm going to send, Jesus says, I'm going to send the spirit who's going to dwell in you and show you all the things of God. He's going to teach you things. And John says, yes, and that spirit, he's going to come and he will anoint you. And so when Amber read here from Paul in 2 Corinthians about this anointing, it's a reference to the Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit dwells within you. Did you know that? God lives in you through the Spirit. It is a beautiful thing. Okay, so that's promise one. Promise number two, we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. So we are anointed by God, and we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. And this, we see this in the text. Amber read this here a few minutes ago uh, there in, in 2 Corinthians, uh, there in verse 1, I mean in chapter 1. Uh, she's, she read here what we see in verse 22, uh, that, that God has put his seal on us. We are sealed in the Spirit. Now, a seal, here's what you need to think of. Imagine a king, and he takes his signet ring. It's got his emblem on it. And he presses it down into this waxen seal that's on some document. And when the king, with all of his authority, puts his insignia on that seal, what that means is that document is inviolable. It is now a legal document that cannot be undermined. The king's authority makes that document legal. Every element of it stands true. It is now the law of the land. It authenticates the document as being binding. It cannot be violated. And so when Amber reads that, that God's Spirit is a seal upon us, it is God saying, this one right here is mine forevermore. My seal, the Holy Spirit, is on her, is on him. And what that means is this, it's God saying, because that seal is there, I own her. I own him. She's mine He's mine. Nobody can steal her away from me. Nobody can steal him away from me. That, that one right there, that child, that is my child. I love that child. I've got that child. That child is safe and secure under my care. The Apostle Paul uh, speaks to this in Ephesians chapter 1. And so when he writes his friends in Ephesus, he says this in verse 13. He says, in Christ you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit is that seal that declares God's ownership over our lives. And you know, this is so important. And understand it's important because what it means is that the world and my own flesh and the devil cannot rob God of me. All right, did you hear that, church? 
the world and the flesh and the devil, it's not like those three things can reach in and snatch us away from God because God has his seal on us. God has his inviolable mark upon our lives. We are his and we are forever kept secure by him. All right? And so nothing can change that. Nothing can change that. We are sealed by the Holy Spirit. Praise God for that. All right, promise number three. You give it up, right? I see you over there. Promise number three. Here we go. We are guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. We are guaranteed by the Holy Spirit. Again, Amber read that there in verse 22 of, uh, of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. It, it says we are sealed and guaranteed. What in the world does that mean? Well, the difference between sealing and guaranteeing is this. To be sealed, that's about ownership. It's about possession. The, to be guaranteed, that's a promise. Do you hear me now, church? That's a promise. It's God saying, look, I've sealed you. I've covered you. I'll keep you forevermore. And I promise nothing, nothing will ever happen to you that will keep you from me. I promise I'm going to make your, you new and the world around you new. I guarantee that that's what I'm going to do. It's, it's a, it, it is a promise. It's a pledge. It's a pledge. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we read in, in uh, Ephesians chapter four, uh, 1, verse 14, these words. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he continues, this Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of God's glory. What good news that is for you and me. You know, some of our uh, personal care assistants that come alongside of our friends with disabilities, by the way, can we give it up for the PCAs? I mean, that is an incredible role. These are heroes, right? These are heroes, these personal care attendants. So when they call uh, their friends that they're going to uh, take care of, and they call and they say, hey, I'm going to come pick you up. Uh, we're going to go to Christian Glory Club tonight. I'm coming to get you. I'm on my way. I'm going to take you to friendship class here at church. Whatever the story is, they're making a promise. They're going to keep their promise. They're making a pledge. They're giving a guarantee. I'm on my way, and I'm going to take you where we need to go, all right? That's a promise being made, and that's what Jesus has done, uh, and we see this uh, affirmed through the work of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee that the work of Jesus is going to be completed in our lives, and that we will be made new, and God will make all things new, and none of it will slip away from his outstretched hand. None of us will either. Uh, years ago, of course, my dear Krista, so, so uh, many years ago now, uh, here we are on this windswept beach in the mountains of East Tennessee at Mountain Hill Lake, beautiful location, and I'm there. We've got this big picnic blanket laid out, and I have this beautiful wooden box that I'd brought back from Morocco. And I, I said, hey, I have a gift for you. And, and she took the box in her hand and she tried to open it. And of course, it's locked. I'm so clever. Of course, it's locked. Oh, it's locked. I'm sorry. Let me get the key for you. I gave her the key. She kind of looks at me like, you know, really. And she opens it up. And inside is another little box, a velvet one. And she takes that little box and she looks at me and her eyes start to sparkle, which is usually... Uh, 
pretty much 24-7. And she, she, she opens it up, and she sees this, this ring in it. And, and I looked at her and said, would you marry me? And she said, yes, 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 yes. She didn't even hesitate. Not then anyway. And, 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 and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for this. Well, the word guaranteed that we have uh, in this very text in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 22 in the ancient writings of the Greek-speaking people, uh, it spoke to a pledge or to a promise, and often it spoke to an engagement ring when a man was proposing to a woman. And so, hear me now, church. The Holy Spirit is, as it were, that ring that God puts on our lives that says, I'm making a promise. All things will be made new. Trust me, I've got you, and I will not let you go. You are my one and only forevermore. I mean, this is, this is God speaking to you very personally, very directly, right? This is what God does, okay? Now, understand with me. Understand with me. We are anointed in that the Holy Spirit lives in us. And we, we are sealed in that we have this stamp that declares we're his. And we are guaranteed by the presence of the Holy Spirit that God will make all things new. He will finish his work. And praise God, praise God, praise God, right? Let's give it up for the Lord. He's so worthy. He's so worthy. But here's a question for you. Why in the world do these three promises even matter? Why does this matter to us today? And there's one main reason. It's very simple. Are you ready for this? It is because Satan is a liar and the father of lies. He's a liar. And he wants to tell you and he wants to tell me, God doesn't got you. God can't be trusted. He wants us to doubt that God can be trusted. And so, in fact, the very first words we ever hear from Satan in recorded history. We find it in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The very first words we ever hear from Satan are, did God really say? Right? Can you just hear the, the, the accusation, the question of trust? Did, did God really say? You see, this is what Satan does. He lies to you and me. And he wants to tell us something like this. You're nothing. You're nothing. Give it over. Give in. Give out. Give up. These are the lies he wants to tell us. And, you know, here's one of his main tactics. He takes this sweet-looking temptation, and he dangles it out in front of us and cons us into believing it's the best thing in the world. And then we reach for it, we take hold of it, and then he just badgers us to death with accusation. You fool, how dare you do such a thing? And then he starts to tell us, God, God has abandoned you God has walked away from you. God won't have anything to do with you. He's a liar. He's a liar, church. And you need to hear this. And I need to hear this. Because he's constantly whispering in my ear, God doesn't care about you, Matthew. God's walked away from you. Are you kidding? Look at you. Why would he give any interest in you? 
And I know for a fact that a whole lot of you, whether you're sitting in your living room or at your lake cabin or in your kitchen somewhere across the world or you're right here in this room right now, I know you hear the same things, right? I know you do. I know you do. Satan wants to tell you that your spiritual handicaps and the disabilities of your soul limit you, own you, and define you and trap you. Now, here's what I know. When I spend time with my friends who are part of the disabilities ministry, such as Bruce, who gives me a hug, and I'm telling you, he won't let go. I mean, it, this man can hug like none other, and I mean, it's like a grizzly bear hugging you, okay? Uh, or, or Amber, who just read over here a little bit ago. Uh, or Nicole, who opened us in prayer. All right? And I'm telling you, friends, listen to me. Understand, when I spend time with my friends that have physical or cognitive disabilities, here's what I learn. They don't let those things define them, trap them, limit them, or own them. They rise above it. And what I want you to know is this. In Jesus Christ, whatever limitations you think you have for your soul, in Jesus Christ, there are no limitations at all, period. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. And he can take the spiritual handicaps and the disabilities of our soul, and he can reframe all of that for his glory. And no matter what the enemy says to you or to me, he says, I've got you. My spirit, my spirit dwells inside of you. My spirit seals you. You're mine. You are eternally kept. And nobody and no thing will ever take that away from you. And my spirit guarantees that all will be well. And because of this, then we've got this encouraging word right here. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. Don't buy the lies. God's got you. And he will never let you go. Oh, how he loves you. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You guys want to come on up? Let's welcome our friends up here. And uh, we're going to close in prayer. So good to see you. Barb. Barbara. Okay. Dear Barbara, God. No, okay. Barbara, thank you for being here. Dear God, I pray to God. I pray to our pastor. He's a good pastor. And he knows what he's saying in Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Bree. Sunday. Yes. All right, friends, <laughs> can we just give it up for Barb again? And then also, I want to do something here. I know there's a number of folks that volunteer and lead our, our disabilities care ministry, but Bree Clausen right there is a glue that holds it all together. And can we just give it up for Bree? All right. Before we head out the door, a couple of quick announcements. Number one, Check out the art gallery. If you haven't yet, 
as you came in here earlier, in the uh, lobby area, the atrium, we've got the, uh, the art gallery over here, some incredible works, many of which have been done by our friends in our disabilities ministry. It is worth your time. I encourage you to go and see it. Also, this afternoon, 4.30, our annual praise and business gathering, our congregational meeting. I love these. I can't wait to be part of that with you. All of you are welcome to come. And uh, we're going to celebrate what God's doing. We're going to talk uh, openly and honestly about everything from just, well, finances and ministry, just all life at New Hope Church. So can't wait to see you there. Look forward to that. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious unto you and give you his peace. God bless you all. Take care. <laughs>